welcome to the Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice podcast with Charlotte Foster. Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice is a podcast all about podcasting. My name is Charlotte and I've been podcasting since 2017. Before that, I was in radio. In fact, first time I went live behind a microphone was in 1998. Yes, that was last century. I love listening to podcasts, making podcasts and helping others make podcasts too. All through my business, Charlotte Foster Podcasts. I promise you I am far more creative when it comes to podcasting than I am when it comes to making up names for businesses. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice. Hope you are well. It's October still, so we are talking about guests this month. We've already talked about whether you should or shouldn't have guests on your podcast, if it's right for your podcast or not. I'm afraid you have to answer that. I can't answer it for you. Oh my goodness, I've just turned into every single teacher I've ever had. And also last week we looked at how to find a guest. So this week we're looking at how you can get the best from your guests on your podcasts. So it's good news, I guess, because you're listening to this because you've got a guest or you've got a yes from a guest. How do you make sure you get the very best from them when you get them on your podcast? I've got a few ways of doing it and I'm going to talk about those now. So number one, I always say it is about communication. I cannot stress enough how important good communication is when it comes to making sure you get the best from your guest. This is especially important if your guest is not a seasoned podcast guest or a media guest. You need to make sure they know what is going on every step of the way. So once you have confirmed your guest will come on and speak to you, you need to make sure they know and understand how the interview will happen, what takes place in the interview, that sort of thing. So they need to know if it's face to face. And if that is face to face, where is the recording taking place? What time should they arrive? What do they need to bring? Where can they park? Make it really, really simple for them. If the interview is being done remotely, and let's be honest, I think that's going to be the case for a while yet, that you're more than likely going to be doing your interviews remotely, even if your guests are in your hometown. You need to make sure your guests understand the tech, how it works, and if they need to download anything in advance or if they've got it all already. There are a fair few different tools out there for you to use that you can record interviews on remotely. Some are better than others in terms of quality. This, this conversation I'm about to have causes some controversy because I happily use Zoom. And I do that because the vast majority of people I interview know how to use Zoom. Even more so now because I think everybody uses Zoom, even my parents. So most people have used it before. Most people have got it on their computers now and they're comfortable using it. I'm also able to ask them if they prefer the video on or off. Again, most people do like to keep the video on so they can see me. And I like having that contact, that eye contact with people, even though it's not quite proper eye contact. I like being able to see people. I like being able to read their body language when I'm talking to them. Not all methods of remote podcasts recording allow video. So why is this a controversial opinion I have? Because lots of people complain about the quality of the audio on Zoom. And yes, 
it's not studio quality perfect. But is it usable? Yes, the vast majority of the time it is usable. I would much rather have a guest who is relaxed, confident with the technology, not worrying about it, so that they can enjoy the interview rather than spending hours faffing around with some tech, missing the slot, rearranging the slot, not getting the tech working, only finally getting the interview in the can three months later. And yes, that is a true story. It took me three months of attempts for getting one interview in because the tech kept going wrong. And it's not just the interview practicalities that you need to make sure the guest knows about. They probably want to know what the interview itself will involve. So let them know. Now, my rule is always to talk topics, not specific questions with a guest, because I don't want to get them so micro-focused on answering a set of questions that if I go off script, and I will go off script, especially if they've said something surprising or something that I want to know a little bit more about, then they're not going to get totally thrown, have nothing to say, or, or, and I've had this, difficult guests can say, well, that question wasn't on the list I was sent. I'm not answering it. So by keeping it with just topics, areas of discussion, you kind of stop them writing an essay that they're just going to read to every question. And it sounds more natural. It sounds more relaxed. And you don't allow them to go, I haven't prepared this question. I'm not going to answer it. You need to let your guests know the format. Is it a conversational interview or is it a more technical interview where they need to really gen up on their facts and figures? Do they need to have lots of technical information, some studies to back up everything they're saying? Will there be some quick fire questions? The, the this or that questions, your favourite this, that or the other, that sort of thing. Let them know in advance because you're going to get more from them if they are prepared for it. It's really difficult answering questions on the spot sometimes when it comes to those. So if you know that that's what's going to happen, they're there and they're happy. It's also worth reiterating at this stage how long the interview process will take. It sounds like a job advert, but the process of having the interview with you, let them know again, just a reminder of how long it will take. You also need to do your research. Now, I know you will have done some research about your guests before you ask them to come on on your podcast, because remember, we're not allowing just anybody and everybody to come on, are we? Now, though, is the time that I want you to step up your research game. Ask them to send their bio to you. And while you're at it, get them to send in a headshot for your promo bits, too. That will be really useful for that to come in now so you're not chasing it up later. Check out their social media. Now, if they've got a personal account that is a public personal account, if that makes sense, have a look there as well because you want the real them. You don't just want their business accounts. Do they have a blog, a book? Read them. A YouTube channel? Watch the videos. Have they done podcasts before, either their own podcast or even better, Listen to when they've been a guest on other people's podcasts or other people's YouTube channels. Listen to that as well as any radio, TV and press coverage. This way you'll get a really nice overview and you can find out lots of great little nibbles of information. It might feel like a lot of effort, but honestly, the more you do, the better it is because you'll pick up on what is publicly available knowledge. So the questions that have been asked time and time again, and then you can avoid them because 
we don't want to be conducting the same interview that everybody else has because it doesn't add value to your listener. So what I want you to look for is those little interesting snippets of a story that you can expand on, opinions you can delve into much further, bits of information about them, their personality, and of course, what value you're going to get out of them for your podcast. Now, some of the best conversations I've had with guests have come from things that they've said on social media. It's normally some kind of little throwaway comment, but because there's a story behind it and I've allowed them the time and the space to tell that story, it actually becomes a highlight of the chat. Now, I also make sure I do a thing which I call the pre-interview chat. I think everybody calls it the pre-interview chat. It's not something I've come up with myself. And this could really come under both the communication and research heading, but I've given it its own instead so that we cover it all. So as you can probably guess, a pre-interview chat is a chat that happens before the interview. I know, right? It's a great way to find out a bit more about your guest, So there you go, a bit more research. And it's a really useful way to check that the tech works, that the guest knows exactly what they're doing if you're going to be doing a remote recording. Now, this chat doesn't have to be long. I usually say 10, 15 minutes. During this chat, I tend to ask them what topics or areas they're happy talking about and what they're not happy talking about as well. Now, this is particularly important when you're dealing with sensitive topics. By doing this way ahead of the interview, you are taking the worry and the pressure from the guest who may otherwise spend the whole time worrying about whether you're going to ask a question that they just don't want to answer. And if you're doing that during an interview, live or pre-recorded, it just sets everybody on edge. You feel awkward for asking a question that that they didn't want to answer, that it was too hard for them to answer, too emotionally difficult for them to answer. And then they feel all a little bit upset potentially, or they feel put out. By getting it out in the open ahead of the interview in a safe space, it makes it so much easier to talk about. I will then go over the topics that we're going to discuss. So not the questions, the topics, find out their thoughts about them and also ask them what else they would like to talk about. This is a really good question to ask. My last question whenever I interview anyone is, is there anything else that I've missed? Is there anything I've not touched on that you want to talk about? Because you can have a really good guest sitting there the whole time going, I want you to ask me about the time I went to Kilimanjaro. Why aren't you asking me this? So always ask if there's anything else they want to add. Now, there can be a potentially difficult moment once you've done the pre-interview chat. Because once you've had this chat and then you decide, actually, maybe this guest isn't right for your podcast. Now is the time to tell them. So you need to stand them down and say, thanks, but no thanks. And I really recommend you do this as a phone call. Do not be afraid of doing it. It is not a fun phone call, I'll be honest. But I've I've done this for many, many a year. And believe me, if I can ring up people who have decided to stay in on a Saturday night, not go out drinking in the summer to the barbecue that they were supposed to go to because they were promised a slot on the, the BBC. And I've had to ring them up five minutes after they were supposed to be on and go, um, really sorry, we've dropped the segment 
thanks for staying sober all night. Cheers, bye. Then you can say to somebody that the, the interview isn't happening. It's far easier to do it ahead of time than it is after you've done the podcast interview, believe me. And I'll be honest, you're doing everybody a favour by standing them down now. You, them for their time and your listener for the value that you're going to give them. So now we've got through all the preamble to the interview, it comes down to the interview itself. And this is really important because it's all about thoughtful questions. Boring questions lead to boring answers. It's flippant, but it's true. Same as obvious questions lead to obvious answers. I really want you to think about what it is you want from your guest on your podcast. And this is where your research really, really, really is key. In journalism, we're taught the basics about open questions. So ones that people have to answer with more than a yes or no. You're also taught the who, what, why, when, where and how questions too. And these questions are really good places to start. But make sure you're also asking the questions nobody else has. Be curious. What has your guest said on social media, their blog, their book, whatever that you want to dig a little deeper on? Ask them more about that. And I promise you, they'll be flattered that you've taken the time to pay attention to them. Make sure you only have one question per question that you ask. It sounds obvious, but I hear this all the time, especially in new interviewers who don't necessarily have the confidence yet. It's where you get two, three or four, five, however many questions all in one go. It's overwhelming for your guest. They won't be able to answer them all. So they won't answer them all. One question per question that you ask. Also, make sure you don't answer the question for them when you ask it. This is another pet hate of mine. When interviewers ask questions such as, well, what was it like climbing Kilimanjaro? I don't know why I'm stuck on the old mountains at the moment, but it's obviously in my head. It must have been really tough. You have just told them what to say rather than letting them tell you. They might have aced it, in which case you want to know the secret, right? What was it like climbing Kilimanjaro? Question mark. That's all you need. Let them give you the answer without you telling them how you want to answer. Prep your questions so you don't run out of things to say, to ask or miss that really important point you wanted to discuss. But also don't be afraid of ripping up those questions metaphorically if you and your guest go on to something more interesting instead. And you know what? I suspect this will happen in most interviews you do, but you'll only know if you make sure you are actively listening to their answers. Be interested in what they're saying. Don't just wait until they've finished what they're saying, then move on to your next question. You may just stumble across some podcast gold. Don't interrupt your guest too much. Now, there are times and places where you will need to interrupt, you'll want to challenge your guest, and you may have to jump in to do that. Too much interruption, though, can make you sound rude, like you're not listening to your guest, and you're not allowing them the courtesy of having their say. It can be really uncomfortable to listen to as well. A trick to interrupting well 
is to apologize first. Something along the lines of, I'm really sorry to jump in here, but what you just said surprised me. Or similar. Acknowledge that you're being rude to keep the audience and your guest on your side. I tend to, if a guest has said something that I thought was surprising or interesting and it doesn't need a challenge, it's not a challenging point of view, I tend to wait until they finish what they're saying and then what I'll do is I will refer to what they've said. So I said, just now you mentioned this, that intrigued me, what was your thought process behind it? Something along those lines. And here's my final quick tip. Don't be afraid to say nothing at all. If you want to get more out of your guest, just shut up yourself. More often than not, they will fill the silence. And because it's them filling the silence, they're the ones who are going to spill the gold. If you really want to hone your interviewing skills, the best thing you can do is listen to lots of interviews, loads of different ones, okay? Not just the ones that you you really enjoy. So go listen to people who you wouldn't normally listen to. Go watch people on the telly as well and see what it is and hear what it is that makes a good question, what makes a good interviewer. And also what you don't like hearing and seeing as well. And on things that you don't like listening to, I'm afraid you are going to have to listen to yourself again. I know the listen back does get easier eventually, but it really can be tricky to start with. But the only way you can grow is by listening back to what you've done. I'm not going to apologise. And then follow up after the interview. Now, I hope it goes without saying that a thank you email is always, always worth writing, but that's not where it stops. I would also email the guest the date the podcast is due to go out and then nudge them again once the podcast has gone out. Also, you'll want to be sending them some content for their social media. So send them an audiogram if you've done an audiogram or quotes if you've done some quotes. Make it really easy for them to share and promote your podcast. Also, ask them if they know anybody who they think would make a good guest for your podcast. And if they do, would they be kind enough to introduce them to you? It's that word of mouth networking that I was talking about previously that money can't buy. And you know what? It's some really good guests have come from this. Do you know anyone else who would appreciate being on this podcast? They will probably reel off four or five and you might get two or three of them. Brilliant. And then, of course, once the episode is out, this is awkward as well, ask them to listen to it and to get some feedback from them as well. There's my tips then to get the best from your guests when they're on a podcast. Next week, we will be talking about how you can be the best podcast guest. As always, you can find me on social media. I'm at Charlotte Foster Podcasts on Instagram. I am at Charlotte Foster Podcast Queen on LinkedIn. You can find me also on Facebook, Charlotte Foster Podcasts again, and on Twitter at CF Podcasts. And my planning toolkit, my podcast planning toolkit is going to be coming out at the end of the month. Fingers crossed. If you want to get on the wait list, I will put a link in the show notes so you can get be the first to hear about it. Look after yourselves and I'll speak to you next week. Mm-hmm.